What's up, everyone? Welcome to Mongols, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. I'm Mike. With me is Josh, Justin, and Steve. The Hounds have only gotten two points in their last three games, thanks in large part to their draw against Detroit this weekend. And we are going to talk all about it. Let's discuss... Let's discuss. This continues to be a this continues to be a point of struggle for me. I was like, I this doesn't feel like a let's go. I was just gonna say like let's discuss and not yell it, and then it just it, it's crap. It's total let's crap. goes for winners. It, it, that's right. <laughs> let's go is for winners. Can we just point out that we've got business attire, Josh? Not regular. <laughs> I will say that's throwing me off. So for those of you on the podcast, Josh showed up in like literally looks like he just got out of work. He has a polo on. He looks very respectable. This is not like the bushy beard, you know, halfway through a beer, Josh, that we're used to. So I'm drinking yeah. a green tea, you know, I'm very much in the work mode right now. Yeah. Middle-aged Josh is what it should say. Business, <laughs> middle-aged business attire, Josh. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Talk to your manager, Josh. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Director of HR, Josh. Um, no Kevin this evening. Um, we've officially kicked him off the show. Uh, we were tired of him not being prepared and uh, we said enough is enough. Um, no, he, Kev, uh, let us know that he, um, he came down with COVID today. He tested positive today. So he decided to sit this one out, which we'll give him a pass on, but you may not hear from him for a while. We'll see how he's feeling next week. But then after that, um, we will be away. So I know Laura Ellen asked if we could do another like Mongols and cars getting pizza or something like that while I'm with him in, in uh, North Carolina, but we'll see. That's that's a few weeks away, but we are thrilled to have Justin and Steve join us. Welcome, gentlemen. Long time no see. I mean, I saw you Saturday. I yeah. <laughs> that, that joke totally fell flat. So, yeah. Justin, well, you guys get home okay? Yeah, we got home okay. I was gonna say though, I think it's been since the beginning of the season since I've been on the show. So, yeah. oh wow, it has been a long time on the pod. Yes, since I've seen you on the pod, but you know, agreed. I, I was just waiting for somebody to say that so I could give him a hard time about seeing yeah. everybody. Thanks, Saturday. Steve. You're the best. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, Justin, you guys were in town already. What's, uh, what's going on? Yeah, uh, we were able to get a weekend away, which was really fun, and uh, kind of come back to Pittsburgh as tourists this time, I guess. Uh, and it was pretty fun. Like, we got to do some touristy things, got to go to the zoo, got to go to the Riverhounds game, got to, yeah, we just got to do a lot of fun stuff that... You know, we've done before as residents of Pittsburgh, I guess. Uh, but it was fun to get to do it as tourists. It's a different perspective. So, yeah, Oh, it, it, it totally is. And that's what Susan was, even my wife, um, that it's been a while since we've been back to Pittsburgh for like an event. And it, she said it felt very touristy, which is weird because we literally spent well 34 years of our life like in the city and then like it's just been like the past five years that we've been out here but um yeah it's it's a different perspective for sure now so, you're country folk I, it's it's true <laughs> it's weird um i don't know 
It's a you thing. You see all the cars. You're like, oh, there's so many people here. That's right. Darn traffic. <laughs> Squirrel Hill Tunnel. I don't want to drive through that. <laughs> you slow down really, really. That's right. Low we're when we're you go the reason the that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I had an interesting analogy. So uh, we um, uh, there's a pickup group that plays soccer up here on Thursday nights. And I've been meaning to go for a while. And now that my son is old enough to go and play too, I was like, oh, this will be great. He starts uh, his sophomore season of high school soccer in the fall. I was like, we'll go. We'll start playing once a week just to get you back into like game shape because he doesn't do like the academy. He doesn't do anything like that. Um, and so we went up and uh, and before that, so this was on Thursdays. On Wednesdays, spoiler alert, Obi-Wan Kenobi comes out, which we have not talked about Obi-Wan Kenobi yet. But anyway. Um, part of the storyline in Obi-Wan Kenobi is that 10 years had passed between like when we last saw him and now and how like his skills as like a Jedi master had like deteriorated over 10 years. And I'm watching the show and I'm like, Josh, you're like, it's it, yeah, his, you know, this is the guy that like cut Darth Maul in half and he was really struggling to like just hold a lightsaber at a certain point in the episode. We won't give too much away. But anyway, um, in my mind, I'm like, it's only been 10 years, man. Like, like how far does it actually fall? <laughs> so cut to the next day, I go to play pickup soccer. <laughs> and I'm like, it's probably been about 10 years since I played it. Like, dude, it totally felt like it'd been 10 years. Like I totally empathize with Obi-Wan at that moment. I went from totally the judgy guy of like, Oh, come on. Like, you know, you're fine. To like, Nope, Nope. Yep. Definitely feel like you, you, you went and tried. I, I avoid, seeing how bad I am at these this point in my life because it's been over 10 years and I don't want to find out. Yeah. It was fun. It was a lot of fun, but like I definitely did not want to move like the next morning. <laughs> I was just like in bed. So yeah, no, I'm glad to get out and play again, but um, pickup is definitely my speed at this point. I'm not looking for any like old guy leagues or anything like that. So um, yeah, looks like Kevin just popped into the chat. Uh, long time listener, first time commenter. Yeah, that's that's about right. I'm impressed that you're even commenting, Kev. So yeah, thanks for that. Um, guys, anything else going on before we uh, before we dive into this game? It's no, I got nothing. Summer, I guess. Nobody really wants to talk about this game. That's cool. That's fine. Um, all right. Well, let's talk about the game. Um, we were all at the game. Uh, which was fun. It was a lot of fun, as Justin said, to see everybody. Hounds drew 1-1 with Detroit. I think, first of all, um, you know, just to sort of comment on the game day experience, because I feel like it's it's been, I think, two years since I've been back to Highmark for a game, which is crazy. Like, we were supposed to go to at least a game or two last season, and there was something else that went on, and yada, yada. So we were finally back. First of all, thoroughly impressed josh um and i know this isn't like all up to you but i'm throwing it at you as the president of the steel army it felt like the steel army like at least at the tailgate had like tripled in size like it definitely feels substantially bigger i wasn't just making that up right like yeah i mean there's certainly you know still games where you know it's dreary out and we get a low attendance or something like that where it feels like the the good old days but yeah anymore like it's it's usually pretty packed especially on a sunny day it's uh it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of people. And like it used to be I knew everyone's names and like I'd just be like catching up with everyone. Now I'm like, 
don't know who that guy is. Uh, who's that person over there? Oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> like, I just don't know everyone, which is actually a, a good problem. Like, I like it. Yeah. I apologize for anybody that's listening. There were a few people that came up who were like, oh, Mike, hey. And I was just like, hey, you? Like, I, I know some of them. I don't know everybody. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say hello and, and appreciate the, the sort of shout out. Um, it's, it's funny you bring that up because uh, my buddy, Mike Williams, uh, said he said that to you. And then he was like, why the heck would he know me? I listen to the show all the time, but he never says who I am. <laughs> It is funny. I mean, like there's, there's a, uh, I, I can't remember if I talked about it on here before I started listening to the, uh, the always sunny podcast, which is the three guys from always sunny in Philadelphia. And like, I'll just listen to it. Cause it just seems, it's just like three dudes who have known each other forever. And they just like talk about whatever. And it's a great listen. Like if I'm cutting the grass or something, like it makes me laugh, but you feel like, you know, them. And then you realize like, they don't know me. Like if I read into them, I'd be like, I know they no, they don't know you. So, um, but no, I, I, you know, I, I do appreciate it. It's, it, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the game. It felt like, especially the, that was probably the fullest Steel Army section that I've been in, in a while. And there definitely is just this, like, no matter who's standing next to you or what's going on, you can just sort of, you know, spark up a conversation either because you, your son whacked them in the head with a flag or like you're all yelling <laughs> loudly or whatever it may be. Um, it's just, it's great. So yeah, there's a lot of awesome stuff going on. Um, I think Liz had the, the first person that was on the full 90 this week, the woman left her box. Like they paid for a box and at halftime, she was like, Nope, sporter section looks like more fun. I'm going over there and like <laughs> came over and hung out and, and, uh, and was watching the game there. So yeah, it was awesome. Nice. Um, I will say one thing slightly disappointed Apparently the one food stand at Highmark ran out of food before halftime, which I was like a little bit bummed about. My wife went down before halftime was over and was waiting in line to get a pretzel and like 10 people in front of her. They were like, sorry, we're out of food. And we were like, uh, what now? So was that the um, one right behind our section? I don't know. Why is that like a common thing? The first one is you start to walk under the. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it doesn't have its own kitchen, so it's like just like a little booth. So sometimes they'll run out of food. Doesn't mean they're actually out of food, food like everywhere. It just gotcha. means that like the pretzels have run out of the little case they have. And then like someone will be, you know, gophering over more cases or more pretzels for the case. Um, if you round half, like past halftime, usually I would suggest going over to like one of the ones over uh, in the main grain stand area because they actually have bigger kitchens behind the, the window. Unlike gotcha. the one next to us, which is like just a tiny little box. So... Well, there it you happens, go. Unfortunately, pro tip, pro tip from Josh. If uh, uh, if if one of the uh, food stands is out, try another one. Um, but best, uh, but best thing to do is, is actually go all the way over to uh, the the bar and actually get the pierogies. That's the only place you can get the the pierogies. We got some pierogies when we first walked in, so we we wanted to try to like sample everything. And so the boys got some pizza from the Steel Army. Um, I don't know if they had one of your hot dogs, Josh. They definitely had brownies. Um, I told them no Jello. As much as they may want Jello, they were not allowed Jello. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then we went inside and they had some pierogies because they wanted to try those. Um, but yeah, otherwise couldn't complain. Even my youngest son, who like spent most of the game just sort of sitting up at the top of the fence, and I was like, "Is he really having a good time?" 
by the end of the game, he was on the field sprinting around. And like, as we were leaving, he was like, how would you rate this out of 10 dad? And I was like, oh, I don't know. He's like, it's a nine. It's a solid nine. Like we should come back again. I was like, <laughs> okay, all right, cool. Good. There you go. Yeah. That could have gone either way. I was not expecting that. So, so yeah. Um, good time had by all, um, guys takeaways from the game. So obviously drew one, one, um, I don't know. Justin, give me give me a thought. Would how how'd you feel about this one? Yeah, I mean, the struggle with Detroit is it's one of those things of like it's two good teams playing each other. And like as much as I don't want to admit that Detroit is a good team, they seem to have the pieces together. And so I think it's it's fun. It's, you know, it's two good teams playing each other and it is what it is when it comes out at the end of the day. Um so I thought it was a fun game to watch even though we didn't come out on the winning end of it, I guess. Yeah. There was, you know, some some banter between Detroit's keeper and the Steel Army. Uh, it seemed like where, like, you know, I personally wanted to just jump on the field and knock the guy out. But it seemed like afterwards he came over and was, like, shaking hands. And, like, he was part of – we talked about – I think Liz's phrase is always, what, friends in the in the parking lot, enemies in the field or something like that, or enemies in the stands. And I think he sort of fully embraced that and sort of came over and was like, you know, good job giving it to me. And I was giving it back to you guys. And um, I mean, Detroit brought a decent amount of fans, too. So, Josh, I saw what was it? The president of their supporter group came over and was talking to you afterwards. I don't think it was the president. I think it was just a, a, a waste supporter. Like, I don't know how many, you know, the board or they don't really have a board, from my understanding. I don't know how they have their structure. Um, they just have like just- a central mind think and they all just like think the same way. I think they just have like a discord where they all just talk and that's pretty much it. Um, gotcha. like no real structure after that. But anyway, this guy came over and yeah, we talked for a little bit. It was cool. And it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where I respect anyone who actually is willing to travel like to a way support in ULS or USL. I mean, so it, it's, it's great. And like the keeper situation. Yeah. Like I, I have mixed feelings because on one hand, like, the whole idea that I've always seen with professional keepers is ignore the crowd. Do not interact with the crowd while you're playing. Just like, you know, keep focus on the game. Then afterwards or whatever, you can do something. But like he would be in the middle of like the game was going on and like someone would happen all the way at the other end of the field. And like he'd turn around and say something to us or something like that. It's like, like, OK, cool, I guess, because that makes me feel like you're not paying attention to the game as much. So right. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Yeah. 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 Luckily, yeah. you know, the keeper or not the keeper. I mean, luckily, though, the, the ref was on his side. So uh, uh, it stayed <laughs> one one. We'll talk about that later, I'm sure. Yeah. Steve, give us a takeaway. Um, lots of missed opportunities. Uh and that's been the story of probably the past six games, which we knew were going to be tough. Um, yeah, I, I mean, lots of drop points in there. You said uh, this was a drop point. I think Miami was drop points. I think uh, there were chances to get points from uh, Tampa Bay and Louisville had we been doing the things that I think the team is capable of doing. Um, so just kind of disappointing to see where we are after that six game stretch, um, eight points out of six games. So a possible of 18 points. We only had eight, um, response is kind of what I'm looking for now. Um, see what happens. Um, I was at the, uh, the press conference afterwards. Um, and, uh, you know, it was interesting hearing coach Lily talk about, um, uh, 
there's a lot of little things that he thinks the team should be doing by now that they're not doing. Um, and that's a frustrating thing to watch, but uh, wants to see what happens going forward. Um, and if the team can start doing those things, uh, then get focused on building towards the playoffs. I, I mean, we were the, going to go ahead. No, go ahead, Josh. I was going to say, I know we, we talked about maybe, you know, discussing what uh, XG, like the, you know, expected goals uh, is and like what that chart means and that kind of stuff. But like basically the higher the line, <laughs> the taller the line, the more likely it is that we should have scored. And like if you look at the expected goals for this game, like Detroit's is pretty flat. They have like one pretty far down spot where it looks like that was where their goal is, but everything else is pretty close to the middle. And look at ours. It's just spikes everywhere. And just seeing all those spikes and not getting a goal, except for one of those times, it's just like heartbreaking because we had so many great opportunities. Yeah. What Josh is alluding to right now, we have up on the screen, the, the, uh, the G plus game flow, uh, for this game. Um, and so uh, basically the way that XG works, I think we've all tossed around the phrase XG. I know personally, like I kind of knew what it stood for, but like not really. And so just as a, as a refresher for everybody, XG stands for expected goals. So if everything sort of goes to plan, that's how many goals you are expected to get for the game. So in this game, our XG was 2.27 goals. So that means that had things gone to plan, we should have got somewhere between two and three goals. And Detroit's XG was 0 0.47, meaning that they should have got less than one goal in this game, leaning towards half a goal. And so the fact that we came out 1-1 is a little bit disheartening. And so for those who are wondering how XG is actually calculated, the way that it works is that it's, it, as I mentioned, it's, it's meant to... Uh, try to quantify the quality of the attempt and the probability of finding the net rather than the actual outcome of the shot. So each shot that is taken is assigned a particular value between zero and one, one being the highest chance of scoring and zero the lowest. So if a player decides to take a long shot from outside the box, then the probability of its finding its way past a keeper would definitely be less than one, maybe even less than 0.1, based on the data for similar situations. So if you take a shot outside the box, there's less of a likelihood of it going in. So you still get a little bit of credit, but not full credit. But if you have, you know, on the flip side, if a player is provided a chance to simply just tuck the ball in, then the probability of scoring would be somewhere towards the upper limit, like 0.8 or 0.9. So um, really all of this comes together and it's, it's thousands of data points that are brought together. So you really can't even just say like, take this number and divide by this. It's not that. Um, but it is sort of this cumulative chance and each chance is given a certain percentage. And then you sort of add those up to get a sense of how many goals you're expected to get over the course of the game. And so, like we said, in this game, we had an XG of 2.27, meaning we should have scored, you know, two to three goals, whereas Detroit really shouldn't have gotten any goals at all. And yet we ended up 1-1. So um, thoughts on that. Justin, what do you what do you think about the XG and sort of how it represents how we played yeah i mean i think like cumulative cumulatively however you say that word uh over the course of the season um i think like the the riverhounds have had chances and and all along this season have shown glimpses of how good they can be um i think dixon cicerone obviously showed us that last year 
Um, Dequa seems healthy and, and effective, and obviously Dan Kelly has, has scored. Um, but I, you know, and, and so it is kind of unfortunate in this game because I didn't think that there was anything. You know, it's different watching the game in person than it is on TV, but like watching it live, I didn't think there was any real stark difference between this game and any other game they played. Um, and it's and it just feels like at some point the goals flow, you know, and and at other points they just don't. And so I'm I'm just you know my thought on the way home just in general was hopefully what's happening is is they'll heat up at the right time, right? That that maybe in August and September, Dixon Cicerone, these guys that haven't really gotten going yet will get going. Um, and, and Kelly and Dequa will still be there. And so, uh, that's my hope. Cause it seems like this is a common theme that we win the expected goals battle, but end up on one. And so hopefully they'll, the balls will start hitting the stop, you know, start hitting the back of the net at some point. Um, but this feels very true to what I saw on the field on Saturday night. So, yeah. I, right, Steve, what are, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I mean, I think Justin broke it down really well. I mean, we can we can get upset about the ridiculous call uh, on Peters, what was a goal. Um, uh, but there were many other opportunities that the Hounds had to score goals and to put them away. I mean, we could talk about early in the game, uh, uh, Argudo I mean, missed a sitter from, what, five, six yards in front of goal? I mean, nobody's there, and he puts it over top of the bar instead of just putting it low, right? Like there's there's moments like that for me that it's like, why are we missing those opportunities? Um, and then getting upset when we're not playing well. And then we give up a goal like we did where um, credit to Detroit for that goal. I mean, they, they scored a good goal, but our defense was just a complete mess on that. I mean, I, I don't remember who made that first pass from uh, up near the halfway line. But I mean, there was like nobody on him. He had forever. I mean, it seemed like he had a decade to take that pass. Um, and then touches in the box before the final pass for the shot, right? Like, I mean, that disorganization, uh, missing those goals, um, that's a problem. And that's what's biting us at this point, right? Like, I think that's why uh, had we been doing those things in both this game and the Miami game, that's potentially four more points. Uh, four more points are a big difference uh, where we're at right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think four more points would put us top of the table. We'll look at the table in a little bit. We're not getting there yet. Um, it, it would put us up at the top game extra played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but we did make it 22 minutes into the show, and we we haven't talked about the goal that wasn't a goal that probably was a goal. Um, I do not have the video replay of it. I meant to grab it and, and throw it back up again, but just to sort of paint the picture, um, essentially what had happened was it came off of a corner kick. Uh, Kenny took the corner. Um, it was a it was a short corner to the front post. Somebody else flicked it up into the air. There was some jostling. Um, Peters goes up, heads the ball into the net. Uh, the crowd goes crazy. We think that we've scored. The ref runs into the action, and it appears the ref is pointing to the center circle. Um, in hindsight, when you go, I shouldn't say in hindsight, when you go back and watch the replay, he is actually waving it off and pointing to what appeared to be a goal kick. I think it was probably just, um, he called some sort of penalty uh, against us and then uh, gave the free kick to Detroit. Um, the ball goes into the net. There wasn't offsides. There wasn't anything like that. Uh, Wheat ends up in the net being shoved around by Detroit players, which then he has to go and get 
basically extracted um, from from the net by some of our other players. Well, wait, you uh, don't want to say you don't want to say who shoved him into the net because I feel like it that's was, an important piece of the story. It was we met that shoved him into the net. Um, <laughs> it it's taken everything within me for the past few days to not make a kicking joke, um, but. <laughs> If you actually go back and watch the replay, uh, and there's a number of them floating around online all over Twitter, go just look for it. Um, different angles. Bob Pompiani had a shot from like up at the box, like looking down on it. You had one from on the field looking the other way. Basically, as the ball gets flicked, we met and we basically have each of their hands are like on each other's jersey. We met isn't even looking at the ball. Wheat goes up to make a play on the ball, and Wee Met is still holding on to him, doesn't leave his feet, isn't looking at the ball, isn't doing anything. And Peters goes over the top of Wheat, heads it in, and then Wheat gets pushed into uh, Detroit's keeper after the ball's already into the net. The keeper goes down and drags Wheat with him, and ultimately the ref makes the call against Wheat, and I think he gave him a yellow card at that point, too. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I touched like, base with Shane walking across. He says, yeah, I got a yellow. I deserve the yellow. I was pushing and shoving. But it was still a goal. Like, that was Shane's take on it. So, right. like, I, yeah. It was, it was back and forth. Sure. I can see why I get the yellow. But I can't see but why the like, goal didn't. If Shane gets the yellow, then why doesn't we make it the yellow? Like that, that, That's, that's I think, the, the crux of it, right? Like, they're both doing the same thing. Um, that's another thing, like, in, at the end that Lily talked about. Um, like, that, that is a goal every time in any game yeah. that he's ever watched, especially with as physical as the game had been. And then all of a sudden, there's a little bit of stuff off the ball. It's a yellow card and a no goal. Like They didn't even obstruct the keeper at all. Like, the keeper had a fair play at the ball until after the ball was in the net, and then we met through Wheat into the keeper. So, like... Two other guys like surrounded Shane, and he's like yeah. against the net. Like, that's the only thing Getting keeping him on his- in- Yeah, I mean, Devin Kerr, uh, the announcer uh, <laughs> for the stream, he said it's a goal, and we always agree with Devin Kerr. So <laughs> yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what was the line i think uh the other guy uh mike watts said something like uh oh here it is this net has caught about 10 fish talking about the pile up inside the <laughs> net afterwards <laughs> yeah good line. good line but i mean when you look at the xg of what was it 2.4 something mm-hmm. like that's probably because that should have been a goal um and we had other scenario- other situations where we should have scored too so you hate to, you know, I feel like we always come on the show and we end up talking about the refs, but I, yeah, the team has to be better. I think, you know, Steve, you mentioned, we'll get to it here in a second, but sort of Lily's post-game comments, he called out the defense. He was like, we can't, we can't play like that. Like, it's just, we can't. And I think he called out the, the, the center mids too, uh, specifically when Detroit scored for not tracking back. And that's true. That's all true. But like, it's also difficult when, you know, you do have a hard-earned goal that is just, like, taken away. It felt very <laughs> – when he called a goal – like, originally when we thought the call was goal kick, I was like, it's Miami <laughs> all over again. Like, it's just like, I, I don't know. Goal kick? Sure. That's what it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I think you know, and I, I responded to somebody on Twitter who tweeted this out, but I think the reality for me is um, it's frustrating – 
and it's frustrating that this keeps happening. You know, I think that's the point. Is like it's frustrating that it keeps happening. That there's calls like this that we see almost on a game by game basis. It's not a oh, this is a once a season thing where a ref gets a call wrong. This is a constant thing that we we seem to see, and and not that it doesn't happen for us at times. Um, but there's times where it happens against us, and I think it's frustrating that it's just that inconsistent, that sometimes it goes for us, sometimes it goes against us, and you never really know, and, you know, all of that. And I think the reality for me is there's two things, there's two very distinct things at play. One is pro needs to improve the refereeing experience or just be more transparent about what's happening on the field um, because, you know, even the other you know, the other team that I follow, the Philadelphia Union, several times this season have gotten apologies from Pro as, hey, we got that call wrong. And it's like, okay, you can apologize as much as you want of, hey, you're getting these calls wrong, but you're costing us points, ultimately. Like, be better. Yeah. And so, like, just be better rather than continue to apologize when you get calls wrong. But the reality, like you said, Mike, is the team needs to be better. And I don't think that the, the Riverhounds at this point in the season are playing to the top of their potential. Um, and so that's what's frustrating, too, is is if we had played maybe to the top of our potential, we could have put three goals away, and a exactly. goal coming off the board, it still would have been 3-1. So mm-hmm. it's it's hard to it's hard to blame that that instance as why we didn't win the game, but it would have been frustrating because if it had gone the other way, we would have won the game. So Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like the offense actually did what needed to be done uh and then it got called off you know what i mean like it, yeah. that's that's where i'm a little bit different there is the fact that it's a situation where the they got a second goal they did the deed <laughs> and then it's like oh no never mind it's one thing you know if if it wouldn't even gone in or whatever or it would have the whistle would have blown before anything happened uh but the fact that it's like you know they got the goal that sucks and like how many goals over top do you need to get to you know counteract the the terrible to account for the ref yeah exactly the terrible refing so it's like ugh, it sucks it's a bad situation all around and like i feel like we did deserve to win this game like looking at how we were attacking we start off slow i will say that like the very first like 15 or so minutes i felt like the game was very stagnant very kind of just well sometimes what you expect just feeling each other out but i didn't feel like we were doing great but like that second half was our second half like that was all us and i yeah. just yeah it's, it's frustrating though so. yeah i mean it was it was from the goal on we were dominating a lot of the game um and dominating a lot of the game in the offensive half um which i think is different from miami where sure we had a lot of possession at times but so much of that was in the defensive half as opposed mm-hmm. to the offensive half this game i thought i mean we were clearly the team on the front foot for the majority of the game after the first 15, 20 minutes. Oh, we, we, so there were moments where the four of us were watching us together. And there were a couple of times when we commented on like Shane wheat was in our offensive 18, like on, on the edge of our offensive 18, getting the ball and making plays. So like, if you need to know like how hard we were pushing, there you go. Um, yeah. Um, Steve, you were at the, well, I guess, first of all, before we get into Lily's thoughts, is there anything else that you guys wanted to touch on as it relates to sort of what you saw or anything at the game? Yeah, I think there's a, I think there's a couple of things and, and Laura Ellen and I got a chance to, you know, chat a little bit after the game. I think, um, 
there were a couple things that stood out having gotten to see the game live versus seeing the game on TV. You know, you just see things different ways, right? Um, and I think just to just to point out a couple things, and and people may find this interesting or not. So if it's not interesting, just tell me to shut up. <laughs> I think, you know, I think uh, it's it was interesting. Our big point of contention in our conversation was Shane Lee, actually. Um, I thought he played decently well in this game, and I was actually more impressed than I've been with him the entire season of watching him on TV. Um, I thought he looked better in person than what I've been seeing on TV. Um, and she was like, no, I thought he looked 10 times worse than what I've seen on TV all season long. So who knows? I don't know what to do with that. But, um, you know, I really just just the rest of the defense, though, I think I I was so impressed with Jelani Peters. I was so impressed with Ordonez. Um, so impressed with Nathan Dos Santos. All three of them were just I thought were standout. And I think especially Ordonez and Dos Santos as rookies in the league. I think both of them are players like Danny Griffin, like Danny Rivera, that I think if Lily can hang on to for several years, I mean, they're going to be rock star players in this league. Um, and then I thought Danny Griffin, I mean, Danny Griffin is just a special player. And um, even more than watching on TV, I thought, uh, you know, he was making things happen. And I used to, you know, I think Kenny, Kenny still makes a lot of things tick for this team, but I think Danny Griffin is slowly taking over that role of making things tick. Um, which is allowing Kenny to be more creative with where he is at on the field. So uh, it was a fun, you know, that was just a fun experience just to see some things different than what I've saw on TV for, uh, you know, for the rest of the season. So, No, I, I fully agree with all of that. I think that the more that Danny gets involved, it seems the further Kenny is able to just sort of push up and just sort of do his thing a little bit more. So I think that's spot on. Um and yeah, I, the Shane Wee thing is interesting because I, I think I in the first half I was a little bit more critical, but there were a couple times in the second half when the team was coming back towards us that uh, Detroit was trying to make clearances and he was sort of cutting off every ball that was coming his way that I was like, yeah, kind of got to give it to him. So yeah, um, he's a tough one because I, I you're right. I think that the other three, it's just like ah. They're like, great. You know, we just talked about how like the team sort of folded and gave up a goal. But like, yeah, Weed always seems to be the one that's that's the the player contention. So I think he's a risk reward player, and I think that's what I kind of saw on the field that I haven't seen on TV. Is I think he does risk a little bit to make plays, and in this game he made a lot of them. Um, but when he doesn't make them, it looks bad. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of what I had assumed, but seeing it live, it definitely confirmed that for me. Yeah. That's fair. Um, Steve, you were at the uh, at the press conference afterwards. We'll save your interview with uh, Dos Santos here for the end as like yeah. cheery fun times a little bit. What uh, <laughs> what, what um, did Lily have to say? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, a couple of things. Um, so I already talked about record over the past six games. Um, Bob talked a little bit about that. He wasn't so specific, but he talked about dropping points, especially here and in Miami. Um, he called that goal a gift of a goal. Uh, he put a lot of the weight on that on the uh, center midfielders um, for not putting any pressure on the first pass. Um, and then Shane not calling uh, Dixon back uh, and letting him know that he needed help. Um, and so he found himself in a position where he was marking two men at once. Um, and um, I think the big thing with that was Bob talked about it, giving up that goal in a game like that um, was a big, big whiff 
from the team. Um, and it's one of those little things that he expects to not see at this point in the season from this group of players. Um, and he called it like one of those little things. Um, his, his quote was basically, if we do the little things all season, even at 1-0, we're going to get this game the way it was played on Saturday over the finish line nine out of 10 times. So I think that is kind of a pretty damning statement from the coach in terms of how he views what occurred on that goal, um, taking away all of the other chances that were missed, taking away uh, the goal that was called off, um, that this is a game that he thinks we shouldn't have conceded in um, uh, and have the ability to not concede in. So I think that's uh, that's an interesting aspect of it. Overall, he was said that the team played reasonably well, um, uh, but focused in on the need to be ruthless against good teams like Detroit. Um, and so we weren't ruthless against Detroit. We weren't ruthless against uh, uh, Miami or Birmingham or El Paso, right? I mean, we did win those games, but those could have easily been 4-0 games as well. Um, so those types of things, um, uh, I think, are the kind of the big, big takeaways that I got from uh, from Lily in the, in the press conference. Do you guys, Josh, uh, <laughs> I almost called you Joshton. Uh, Josh, do you, do you, uh, do you disagree with anything that Lily said there? Was anything you found interesting? Yeah, I, I, I can see what he's saying, especially with the small things and how they add up. And like, if you do the small things correctly, you know, it's, you win that game. I, I will say that like, I was rewatching the, the replay there for a little bit. And I, I'm realizing one thing where I, I think we haven't really said it is when in the past couple games, when we, you know, miss opportunities on goal, they were always like shot super wide, like just like whiffing opportunities. Man, uh, was Steinwasher? Uh, he had to make so many saves. Like we, the the chances we had at least in this game, they were on target. Like it wasn't like we were like just whiffing the ball. Like they were maybe a couple of them were too much to the keeper, but they were still actually on goal, which is you know something I feel like in the other games that felt different. So it's small positive, even though, <laughs> you know, they got saved. So it's not a great positive, but it's, it's better than, you know, nothing's worse than seeing the ball go wide over the net uh, time and time again, or, you know, shanked wide. So it's, 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 it's a little thing. And that is nice to see at least. Yeah. I mean, Justin, any, any thoughts on what Lily said or, you know, thoughts on shots on target versus just shots. Um, no, I, I would agree with Josh too. I think the shots were much better in this game. You know, I think about Cicerone's one-on-one and then he had a, Cicerone also had a shot from, I think outside the 18, kind of on a bouncing ball that he got, you know, a hold of pretty well. And then Kenny had one that he took on the volley and hit real hard, but right at the keeper. And so, yeah, I would agree with Josh. I think the shots were, you know, the shot, sh- shot attempts were much better in this game. Um, the one thing I will say about Lily, and this is not a, Lily out or Lily's needs to be gone or whatever kind of statement. I do. I mean, for me, like I hear his comments, uh, but then I see his starting lineups and he's not changing anything. So it's like, okay, if you want them to do the little things well, and they're not doing the little things well, then maybe you need to make a change. So find some other players who are doing the little things well, and maybe you get the games across that, you know? And so I just feel like it's, you know, he's making subs and that's good, but I feel like he's not, he's not changing the starting lineup all that, often um you know and, and i think in the stands we had a conversation about dane kelly and and kind of his contribution to the team and where he's at with this team right now um but it, it just feels like we're not making adjustments that 
could potentially be made, or we're not that deep as a team, and that's a scary thought. So I'm not sure what the answer is. If if Lily just really likes his starting eleven and thinks that they just need to get out of a funk, or we're not actually that deep, and I'm not sure what to do with either one of those things. So <laughs> yeah, I think it's yeah. more the the he likes the starting eleven and they need to get out of a funk. Um, towards the end of the game, I went up to the the press box. Um, so I could get the interviews in and whatnot. Um, and uh, one of the one of the writers up there like made a comment like, "Is this the least number of subs that Bob Lilly's used all season? And wasn't he forced to use one of them because of the injury to Wheat? Right? Like, and I was like, yeah. But then like I started thinking about it, and it's like, when I'm watching the game in real time, who was I really displeased with in terms of like actual play on the field? Sure, chances need to get converted. But, like, did I feel like there was a weak point on the field at any point in this game? I felt like Argudo still needs to find that last touch. I think that's his big thing. And if you're going to bring in a sub like Dane Kelly, then you've got to make way with somebody. So you pull the guy who is in an attacking role as opposed to one of your center backs for that, right? Like, if you want to keep all your best attacking players on, you've got to make a sacrifice. So I don't think that was a, uh, a condemnation of his performance on the night overall. It's just you got Dan Kelly to bring on somebody's got to make way um I wanted to see Danny Revere in this game but I like but who gets sacrificed other than someone who like just is tired or something like that like I wasn't disappointed in anybody's performance to the point that I needed to see more subs yeah I yeah I, I'm 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 really torn on the whole Lily thing because I agree I think as we were coming into the season I was, you know, I was one of the biggest cheerleaders saying like, this is the deepest team we've ever had. We're never going to lose a game. Like it's going to be great. And then we get to this point and you're right. It's kind of like when you're deep in the game and you want to get a goal other than Dane Kelly, you kind of want to leave Danny Griffin on the field. You want to leave Kenny on the field. You want to leave Cicerone and Dixon on the field. So like, what do you do? Like you don't have anybody that's really challenging. And so it's great that we have guys that are that good, but like, yeah, maybe we just aren't that deep. It was interesting to see Sims get some time. Um, we haven't seen him in a while. But, Justin, I, I sort of echo your sentiment. This isn't Lily out. And actually, it was really funny. We were in the, at the tailgate, and my wife was like, oh, look, that car has a has a bumper sticker that says, welcome to Lily's League. That's cool. And I said, uh, do you know who made that, honey? <laughs> she said, what? And so uh, Liz went and grabbed us one because we basically I designed them and had them all just sent directly to Liz. And so we finally got one because we did it pre-pandemic. We didn't get one. So now we have one at our house. Um, But there is this thing where it's like I feel like you can only be mad and blame the team so much before like the old adage of, you know, when you're pointing one finger, there's like four more pointing back at you. So it's like. Yeah, you know, if these are your guys and they're trying to work out of a funk and I get it, but like you can't complain about them making the same mistakes over and over and over again. At a certain point, you got to either learn from it or you move on and find somebody else that will. And that's his call to make. It's just it's tough. A little perspective. We're seven, three and three. It's right. It's not like we're doing all that terribly right now <laughs> we're we're in what is it uh am i allowed to talk about fourth. the table right now uh, yeah, we're yeah, in yeah. fourth place right now and like that is with 24 points detroit has 25 points louisville has 27 points so it's like literally like one game away from 
you know, second place or like, you know, it, it, I'm just saying it, it's a tight table right now. And yes. being in fourth with this type of a table isn't the worst place in the world to be. No, for sure. I think I think the thing, like Steve said, is uh, with a team of this caliber and a team with these expectations, you know, you bring in a Dane Kelly thinking that like you now have, you know, the 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 goal scoring leader, um, you know, to get eight points out of a possible 18 just isn't where you think you would be, regardless of who the competition is. If you expect to be at the top of the table at the end of the year, eight out of a possible 18 is just not, it's not great. So now, you know, the real task is to sort of turn it around and see where we go from there. <laughs> um, yeah. Can you bring up Kevin's comment? That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> no, I, uh, I was ignoring the comment. I was going to, so <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's comment was when your baseline is we're never losing seven, three, three and three is world ending. So yeah, that's true. Um, but no one ever said we're never going to lose. I don't know what you're talking about. That was never uttered on this podcast by two yeah. of the hosts. <laughs> I, that was, we never, ever said that. Yeah. So, but so in addition to talking to Lily, you got to spend some time, Steve, talking with uh, Nathan Dos Santos. Um, let's uh, let's play the clip and see what he had to say. All right, so Nate, uh, tell me one thing uh, that you have learned about yourself off the field since your time in Pittsburgh. Um, I mean, like I think the biggest jump for a lot of guys is the lifestyle, right? Like you go know, from uh, from a college kind of setting, you know, going from class and everything to uh, to now, you know, this is this is it. You know, we go to training in the morning, come back, and then we have kind of that spare time of the day to do what we want. So I think. Um, just kind of finding a balance of you know taking care of myself and obviously putting myself in the best position to, to be ready for training the next day and, and continuing that. Yeah. Cool, cool. And uh, what's one goal you got here for yourself? Uh, obviously, besides scoring goals on the field this year, I think it's just to get as many starts as possible. Um, you know, I want to be somebody that can be trusted and be be a regular on the team sheet, and then especially in that starting eleven. I know. That's difficult, and I've had you know a couple starts now, but by no means is that me you know you know getting comfortable or, or anything like that because I know we have a lot of talented players on the bench and also uh, outside the 18 that are competing, so just gotta stay sharp. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for joining me. Man. He looks like he's 10. Like I, <laughs> I think I think it's a combination really of like <laughs> I know I think it's a combination of like us getting older and like the players just getting you know, staying the same age. And I'm just right. like, Oh my gosh. Um, but you forget, like, you know, he said that it, the biggest thing he's had to deal with thus far this season is just sort of that transition from college to like being a professional and living the life of, prof of a professional. And so I remember, you know, the first game when he came in, I was like, eh, like good try, but like, we'll see. And the way he's developed in this short amount of time has been really good. Um, so yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing, you know, what he can bring here moving forward. Um, yeah, good stuff there. Um, He's, he seems I, like a real nice guy. I, I've, I've chatted with him a couple other times and getting to interview him was a lot of fun. Talked to him a little bit before and afterwards. So um, it's a fun thing. Um, I, I, one of the things I think as well, talking to him uh, that I kind of had a cut because it was like, it was inaudible. Um, uh, but just was uh, his perspective on being a part of the team um, and how working together is a big, big aspect of what he's really enjoyed and that competition aspect. So he alluded to it in that that uh, last question, uh, but he was talking a bit, 
about it as well earlier um, in terms of getting better because of the people around him. Yeah, that's always been a big thing that Lily's been pushing for. And what we thought, you know, we were getting with this depth and maybe we are. And it's just still like, you know, the cream is rising to the top. But um, but is that push? So, yeah. Um, Good stuff there. I guess one more uh, glance at the table, Uh, Josh, you sort of talked through it a little bit just to sort of set things up. uh, You know, we are now 13 games into the season, so a little more than a third of the way through already, which always feels crazy to say. Somehow Memphis is sitting at the top after rattling off five wins in a row, five plus wins in a row. They're on 28 points. Louisville lost uh, to Tampa this past weekend, so they are on 27 points in second place. Detroit sit one ahead of us at 25 points. We are at 24 at fourth place with Tampa nipping at our heels with 23. Josh, like you said, it's a tight table. Um, at this point, anyone from you know seventh up could sort of jump and leapfrog us. Birmingham is just outside the playoff spot with 19 points. Um I think another so, interesting thing there is the fact that one Memphis has one less game than everyone else, yeah. uh, except for Louisville, who's right behind them, who has played 14 games, so mm-hmm. two less games than them. So the fact that Louisville did not win their game this weekend really helps everyone out. <laughs> um, yep. So they are uh, one more game than all of us, yet they are barely holding on. So, yeah, good stuff. Um Guys, we gotta we we gotta we gotta bounce back this week, and it feels like this might be the week to do it. We head to Charleston to take on the battery this Saturday at seven p.m. Um, is this? I I haven't heard anything of the old guard shield. Does the old guard shield still exist? Is it like in your office, just out of picture, Josh? Like, where is no? This actually, thing? so the old guard shield does still exist. It's still in play, <laughs> um, right. but it has a new home at Bulldog Pub. In Morningside, oh. uh, got a nice shelf made, more like a shadow box shelf, like pretty big shelf uh, that has the old guard shield in there. It has the whiskey bottle that uh, Louisville sent us or brought with them when they played us. Uh, what was that? 2019, 18, somewhere on there. Three, three years yeah. Ago, yeah. Yeah. They, they had it engraved with like the date on it in the game. Um, and we won that one, so I decided that's a trophy. So I put that yep. in there. <laughs> Had the champagne bottle from when we got first in the East that we popped in the parking lot after uh, watching the game in the pub. So got some cool stuff in there, like a scarf, some flags, and that kind of stuff. So if you're at Bulldog Pub in Morningside, check it out. So Bulldog is it now? Like that's that's the like if if we ever break up with Bulldog, you got to like move out. You got to like yeah, right. I have stuff like, I have to go get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heck, uh, we actually uh, painted uh, our TIFO there as well. Uh, Jesse, uh, the owner of Bulldog, uh, gave us the the back lot area. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Use that. You can paint your TIFO there. So that was really cool. So That's awesome. That's very, very cool. Um, so the Old Guard Shield is in play. Is it just, it's just us in the battery at this point, right? Yep. A couple of years running now of just being us. Yeah. 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 So more more is on the line for those of you that like, you know, sort of interleague cups and, and battles and things like that. There's more on the line than just the, the league in this one. Um, fortunately for us, unfortunately for the battery, they are currently dead last in the East. They only have one win. They have nine losses, two draws, and they have a goal differential of negative 17. 
So if, if we were looking for a game to get back on track, like you kind of think this is the one, right? Like there's no, I don't want to say like, don't look past them, but like, does anybody feel that we're going to get anything but three points in this one? Like, is anybody feeling nervous at all? I mean, our away record is not stellar. This is so true. like, that is the one thing you just got to keep in mind is like, we need to start playing well away this is the game to do that with. Like, I'm not saying yeah. we're going to lose, but I'm just saying like, we, we need to actually show up and play an away game worth a crap instead of what we've been doing. Yeah. I mean, is this one of those games where I, I don't see Lily playing a quote unquote B team, but is this a game where he tries to give guys some minutes? Justin, what do you think? I think so. Yeah. He probably does try to give some guys some minutes, but, and, and my only fear about this game is it's Charleston, you know, and I feel yeah. like no matter you get like, I feel like every time we play Charleston, you just got to throw the records out the window and be like, okay, it's Charleston. Like, we got to play. Um, and maybe that's not true as much because they did get rid of a, a host of players this season. But um, it just, it's just one of those things that is a little bit scary um, going into this game. But I don't worry too much about not coming out with three points. But I think we've got to go there with the mentality of we got to go get three points, even though it is the last place team. Yeah. Steve, are you nervous at all? Um, so nervous in the sense that, um, my stance, like you showed the table, right? Like, oh, Memphis is doing really well, right? Like, I don't care about how good or how bad anybody else in the table is doing, who they're winning and losing against, because it shouldn't matter, right? Like, we're not in control of those results. We're in control of our results. So yeah, we need three points from this game. Um, I think the difference is that this is a team we're going to play in a place that the weather is again, hot and humid a lot more frequently than it is here at this time of the season. Um, uh, but we can talk about like, I, I think it being Charleston battery is a lot more important to us as fans than it is on the field, because this isn't the Mike Anhauser Charleston battery. Who is, uh, who's the coach now? What's his name? Um, not Mike. Anhauser. Yeah. It's, it's not Mike. <laughs> he was a national team player, wasn't he? Um, Oh yeah, Connor Casey. Connor Casey, yeah, Trying to like trying to reinvent a team in his first season, um, they were doing uh, maybe a little worse early on. Um, they've started to kind of find some ways to be a little more competitive more recently. That doesn't mean they're necessarily winning all those games, right? They're obviously not since they only have one win. Um, but I think like a team that's going to be hungry to win and prove themselves against a top team, yeah, we have to be careful. Uh, as Mike said, you. Put it up on, or Mark said, uh, you put it up on screen. Um, like, this could be a trap game. Like, um, But I don't think it's because it's our rivals. I think it's because this is a team that's reinventing itself, trying to prove itself against a top opposition, and the weather's going to be uh, going to be a little bit more than maybe we're going to be as comfortable being in. So, yeah. got to get three points. Josh, how you feeling? I mean, I'm feeling good. Uh, I, I'm not as scared as Charleston as I have been in the past. I mean, last year they were not good either against us. Uh, I think we won both those games last year. Year before that, I think it was a little bit more evenly matched, but we still came out on top. And like, I don't know. I just, it's been years since they've really been 
good. And this year is definitely not their year. It's it's the rebuilding year, I guess you would call it. And I honestly just had to go to their website to make sure Connor Casey was still their coach because I assumed they had sacked him by now. Uh, but they haven't. <laughs> so he's still their coach for now. Um, so we'll Listen, see. Listen, when, when, when you had your previous coach for like 25 years, like I think you might just wait a little bit longer than like 12 games. I think once you, you, know, you, you push that button and you get rid of that 25-year uh, coach, now you're just like, we can do this whenever now. <laughs> We don't want to get stuck with someone again for 25 years if we don't like them. So, you know, so <laughs> very, yeah. very true. Yeah. At Arsenal, yeah. Look at Manchester United. I mean, yeah, those stories, right? Longtime yeah. coaches cycling through. Yeah. So we've got this game. Um, we're, we're all sort of saying like, you know, we should, we should win this game. Closing out the rest of June, just sort of looking ahead just a little bit. We have a trip to Rio Grande. Uh, and then um, after this game, and then we finish with a home game against Tampa. Now, RVG are currently 10th in the West. As I mentioned earlier, Tampa are nipping at our heels. They're only a point back. Realistically, over the next three games, we just talked about how like eight in the last 10, eight, or eight out of the last 18 wasn't acceptable. We've got nine points that we can sort of grab to right the ship. Realistically, if I put the bar at uh, seven and a half over these next three games, are you guys taking the over or are you guys taking the under? Are you basically saying two wins and a draw or are you saying or, or less or are you saying three wins? Justin, what do you think? Realistically, I'm taking the under on that, but I think to write the ship like we need to get the over mm-hmm. um, or very close to it. Um, I think my my problem is it's an away trip to Charleston, it's a away trip to Rio Grande, and then it's a home game, but it's against one of the better teams in the league. So I think it's going to be hard for us to get nine points because uh, that's the only option you left me with. Um, <laughs> so if you had set the bar at six and a half, then I would say it's realistic that we get seven points. Is it realistic that we get nine? I don't think so. But could we? Sure. If the team heats up and plays as well as they can. I feel like that's the dilemma every single time we have the show is like, could we do it? Absolutely. Will we do it? <laughs> nah, I don't know. Oh, yeah. man. Uh, Steve, what do you think? Um, I, I agree with Justin on the nine versus seven. Um, I think that the seven points is win, draw, win. Uh, I think we go out, we crush Charleston. I think we have a crazy game where we give up some goals we should not give up in uh, down at the Toros, right? Like um, new place, we don't play there often, very different environment, very different team uh, out West. Um, and I see that being a high scoring game where we like end up like 3-3 or something like that, um, based solely on my reaction in the moment. I have nothing to base that on. Um, this is not like looking at stats of what they're doing and whatnot. Um, but I just think it's going to be a crazy game. Um, and then we come back and we actually do beat Tampa uh, because it's a home game and the guys are hungry to reestablish their home win uh, uh, ways. Um, nine points would be great. Six, seven points are likely. Anything less than that. And I'm where I was at the end of this past because six game stretch, we've got to be better. So yeah. hopefully I'm real happy in three and a half weeks. 
All right, Mr. Optimistic, Josh, what do you what do you got going on here? Uh, you had to say that. I'm Business attire, like, Josh, is even more optimistic. <laughs> like I'm sitting here thinking, like, okay, like winning against Charleston is what I expect. Going to Rio Grande, like it's it's an away game, pretty far. They're not a great team, but like I think we can get a point out of them. And then Tampa at home, like I I want to say a win, but like I. <laughs> don't know if I should be happy with a draw there. So like five points. That seems more likely to me, like five. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it very well could be a win against Tampa. Like, that's the one I don't know. I feel like if it, if it, if we were playing at home against Rio, I would say that one's a win. But playing away makes me hesitant. So I'm, I'm going to say a draw there because they're not a good team. It's not like oh. we're playing against like a top West Coast team. They're not. Yeah. But away like road trips or are, 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 are like West Coast away games are always I shouldn't say West Coast Western Conference away games are always a toss up because you're going somewhere new. You're traveling a further distance like it just it's and like we played Las Vegas and Las Vegas is also not a great team. And right. So like keep that in mind, like it, Rio's yeah. down there with Las Vegas. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know what to expect there. But yeah, Tampa is a hard one. Tampa is the, the toss up. I, I want to say a win against Tampa, but you just. It's Tampa. You don't you don't know. Um, it's it's hard to say that's a guaranteed win. I feel like after what's happened the past few um, at, after what's happened the past few weeks, Lily's discontent with sort of where we ended this, you know, 18 point potential stretch and the fact that we have the battery and then Rio. I feel like we we have to go into Tampa. I don't want to say expecting to win, but if we want to be considered sort of one of the top teams in the East, you got to go in planning on winning that game. And if you don't, then you really kind of have to look in the mirror because I know that Tampa's gotten hot recently. I know we were just down in Tampa and we lost. What was it? Three, one or three, nothing. I know they got three on us. Um, three, one. So like this is our opportunity to sort of turn the tides on them and, and, you know, give one back to them and, and reassert ourselves near the top of the table. Otherwise, you know, we might be looking at a season where we're in five, four, three position and not really battling for that top spot. So I, I, I agree with you guys. I think that like six, seven feels maybe about right, but yeah, I, you know, you got to go in just thinking we're going to take all nine if you're the team. So it's, it's different. My hope is a lot of goals because right now Pride Razor is going on. Um, yes. Reminder, everyone, Pride Razor is going on. That means that for every goal, you pledge a certain amount. And yeah, we'll give we'll be giving that one to Prasad this year, uh, the same as we did last year. Uh, so, yeah, it's a fun little thing. Check out any of Steel Army socials. You'll you'll see a link for Pride Razor. But uh Getting one goal in the first game of Pride Razor, I was like, "Oh man, come on! I need more goals than that." So, I'm I'm really hoping Charleston we we uh, put a a lot away. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, agreed. Um, gentlemen, anything else for this one? One of my favorite moments of the game, uh, which I only saw because I was up in the press box, was uh, Dan Visser uh, in uh, uh, added time with a stopwatch walking over and saying something to the fourth official about time wasting by Detroit. And it was amazing <laughs> to watch because it's so uncharacteristically this, who is usually just sitting there trying to like 
get the guys. I mean, very level, but that he was sitting there and like, hey, like they're wasting time. Come on, like, like I've got the time. This is how much time they're wasting. Um, so that was just fun to watch and see. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. This is a great guy. Gotta, gotta give a shout out to Matt Polanski. I was, uh, I was hoping to see him this weekend. Totally missed him, but I saw him here in chat. Um, I, I threw up his comment here. I threw up. That's a terrible way to say that. I put up <laughs> his comment here a second ago. Perch Gang representing tonight. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Matt. Hope all is well. Um, awesome. Well, thanks, guys, for uh, for stepping in when uh, Kevin bailed at the last minute. We always appreciate the insight. And, uh, you know, we need to have you guys on more often, for sure. He just wanted um, to avoid us. Yeah, that's what it was. Um <laughs> thank you guys yeah (laughs) thanks uh thanks everybody for joining us this is your weekly reminder that black lives matter we are proudly part of the beautiful game network which is home to more than 100 volunteer writers and podcasters covering local soccer help us all keep doing what we're doing head to bgn.fm and click on the donate button to help us cover our expenses uh thank you as always for your support otherwise thanks everybody we will talk to you very very soon later see ya